at some of our, our recent outreaches in Glasgow. Um, I can see some faces from the Hilton. Who was at the Hilton? Yeah, a bit of enthusiasm, a bit of excitement. Yeah, who was at the Hilton? Woo, okay. And um, I can also see some people from that crazy at-home event, which just entirely outgrew the home and you know, it had to be held in this golf club academy. And there's about 50 or 60 people turned up, and even that would be a challenge for my little house. Um, so who was at the Mairns Club um, outreach? Yeah, awesome. And then finally, the pit stop. There are a few familiar faces here from our pit stop outreach. Do you know, it's just awesome. We live in some of the most amazing days. We really do. And it's difficult at times to keep up. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a runner by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel I've got to do these sprints every minute just to keep up with what God's doing because he's just expanding his kingdom in this nation right now at an incredible pace. And it really is phenomenal. And in light and life, we've had this... Um, explosive growth that can't be described as anything else and as a leadership team we've had to balance or, or try and balance um, <laughs> in some ways experience safety quality uh, with risk and faith and this whole thing of explosive growth and all I can say is it's an interesting challenge <laughs> if I find out how to do it I will let you know but <laughs> I'm encouraged because in scripture it says in Proverbs 14 4 it says without oxen the storehouse is clean well, I can proudly stand here today and say we have many oxen. <laughs> but, you know, given the choice of messy revival versus sanified stagnation, I'm going to go for messy revival every time. So why am I sharing that? Why did I start off talking about messy revival? Um, because when I was, you know, I, God must love you an awful lot. Well, I know he knew, I, I knew he loved you, but he must love you an awful, awful lot because he woke me up in the early hours of this morning when I had my notes all done. I mean, he's no respecter whatsoever. And um, he woke me up having given me this, this dream and he's shown me uh, that some of you in here are already experiencing or are about to experience explosive growth. And it's going to be messy. Now, I'm not prophesying mess, <laughs> but I am prophesying explosive growth over your lives. And I want you to know that without oxen, um, the storehouse is clean. With oxen, it's not. And as leaders and people of influence, which you are all either one or the other, you're all a person of influence in this room. When we see a mess, we can sometimes get a bit discouraged. And we can, you know, the enemy can seize that opportunity and he can whisper words like, you're a failure, or loser, I'm looking at the floor deliberately, <laughs> or call yourself prophetic, didn't see that coming, did you? Do you know, see if that ever happens to you, I want you to take a lesson from the Barbara Jenkinson School of Laughter. Take a deep breath, and then just give it a belly laugh and say, without oxen, the storehouse is clean. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me some oxen. Okay, you got it? Right. Because revival is not an event. Revival is a process over time. And if we face discouragement, we can get a bit derailed. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me this morning that some of the people in here have been through that kind of process. <laughs> and some of you need to hear the words, it wasn't your fault. You didn't fail. Get back on your feet, set your face like flint and keep going. Huh. And there are others, I'm not going to name them and shame them, but there are one or two that have messed up. Get over it. Start calling yourself by who God says you are and not by the failure 
that you've experienced. Huh. So the future is totally amazing for you guys. Totally amazing. So do you want to hear some stories? Okay. As God continues to release his breath over Scotland, one of the things we are noticing is that it's becoming cool to be spiritual. Wow. (laughs) Even amongst young people and teens. Um, And just last week, our Edinburgh team uh, launched this new initiative called Reaching the Night Tribes. And they've got this little team who who work between 10 o'clock at night and 3 in the morning um, out of a little cafe-style environment. And they have some people out in the streets. And they invite back the youth and the young people and the others that are just wandering the streets of Edinburgh. Glasgow, I mean, Edinburgh at that time of night. And it was, a, it was a launch night just last week, and over 30 young people came back. Some of them were stoned up in drugs. God brought them into the environment. He sobered them up like that, gave them an encounter with him, and turned their lives around. <laughs> Two of them get instantly saved, and a whole bunch of others were saying, oh my goodness, that's just changed my life completely. God's real. He's real. You know, and they could hardly speak because God's real. <laughs> God's real. <laughs> Another thing that happened with this reach in the night tribes is that um, in the streets of Edinburgh between 10 at night, 3 in the morning, there's a heavy police presence because it can get a bit messy on the streets. But you know, the policemen and the policewomen started coming into our environment too, our Holy Spirit infested environment, and they would come in and we'd go, wow, this is amazing. So God's reaching even the policemen. Isn't that incredible? God's amazing. Um, last week was busy because we also launched a new outreach team in Montrose. In the, in the northeast of, of Scotland, and we helped them out with their first little outreach, and it was a gazebo in the dirt, and uh, we didn't know if anyone was going to turn up. You know, it's one of those crazy things where the breath of God is just blowing, and then uh, and you have no idea what you're going to find. It's like a box of chocolates. It's something out of that movie, isn't it? The Forrest Gump movie. Like, it's like a box, box of chocolates. So revival. You don't know what you're going to find. Do you know? So... We turned up. I hadn't even met the leaders of this outreach. Now, that's crazy. But God said, go. They're okay. All right, God, if you say they're okay, they're okay. So we went along. We hadn't trained them. We hadn't done anything. So I took a wee carload of people. We went up early to train them. We had an hour before the outreach to train them. <laughs> Get them activated. God, you better be right. I better be hearing you right. They were amazing. They were handpicked by God, and we don't always do that. Right. <laughs> Please don't try that at home unless God tells you. But... We had this little gazebo in the dirt, and we had no idea if anyone was going to turn up, because these guys didn't know how to do the stuff. They hadn't really advertised. They hadn't done anything. Um, but they had this little gazebo, and it was in a, a sort of community fair, and the, you know, God just brought tons of people, and one of them was a local councillor. <laughs> and she came in looking like a woman of power and authority. You can recognize them. <laughs> and she's looking at these minging seats, and they were minging. <laughs> and she's sort of rusting the dust off and sitting down. And she's looking very kind of, well, I'm here to encourage or whatever. And um, we noticed that along her back, she had straps. You know, the, the, the medical staff had strapped her back because she had problems with trapped nerves. Um, and the guys had known her for a while and she did back problems for a while um, and had offered to pray, no, I don't do this Jesus thing. Don't do this Jesus thing. That's very nice, dear, but we don't do this Jesus thing. Anyway, She's sitting there, again, in a Holy Spirit-infested environment in the dirt. And suddenly she looks at us. One of my trapped nerves has just released itself. Wow. (laughs) How did that feel? Great. Do you want the others released? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So she let us pray for her in Jesus' name. And God just so just blasted her every single bit of pain and stiffness that she had was absolutely dealt with and 
And it was one of these cases where this doesn't always happen, but as I was praying for her, I could actually feel the power of God going out of my, my, my body into hers. Um, and that really doesn't always happen. But at the end, she, she just, she got drunk. <laughs> the counselor got drunk. And she's sitting there. That was incredible. <laughs> I don't have the words <laughs> to describe what's just happened to me. And, you know, a little while later, sort of sober up a wee bit. And then she left the, the tent. And the next thing, she started to direct all these other people back in. Um, so it was just incredible. It's mind-blowing to see the things that our God is doing in Scotland right now. It really is. He's opening up doors across the whole of society, whether it's in the police, whether it's social workers, uh, golf clubs. I mean, I, I didn't tell the story about the social worker. I had a social worker come and see me last week. Not because I'm, you know, I've got all these issues. Um, she just came to see me because she'd been along to that Mern's golf club outreach. And she made an appointment to see me at her little, little office in Glasgow. And she sat down and she said, I came along to check you out. And it was amazing. And I brought some friends and they were just blown away. And she's quite high up in the social work. And she was just saying, I was just saying to my colleagues, we need to get them to come in here and work with our guys in our rehabilitation clinics. Because methadone doesn't work, but Jesus does. It is phenomenal to see the doors that God has just blasting open in these days. Oh, can you turn to your neighbor and just say, God has some open doors for me to go through and release his kingdom. praying about what to share this morning, I felt led to recap on one or two little things that I'd said during the HSSL and to bring another few bits of new revelation that I've got. So I hope that's okay. But what I sense God say very clearly is he wants me to, um, he wants you guys to get a greater glimpse of who you are in him and of just how powerful and influential your lives are going to be. Okay? Does that sound all right? Great. So if you want a title for today, I guess it would be positioning ourselves for supernatural breakthrough. <laughs> huh. So just before I begin, let me ask you a wee question. Now, if you've been to the HSSL, you don't get to answer this, okay? <laughs> um, so can anyone tell me what is significant about the number 10,000? Apart from it being sang, uh, song, <laughs> sung by the pretenders. What, what is significant about the number 10,000? Any thoughts? Sorry? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, one will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. That's awesome. Great. Really good answer. Not the one I was looking for. <laughs> okay, scientists and statisticians have said that the average person will influence around 10,000 people in their lifetime. Wow. That's a lot of people. And it can be quite hard to imagine what that looks like. So has anyone ever been to the Sydney Opera House? Okay, it takes about half. Okay, has anyone ever been to Partick Football Stadium? That's 10,000. So every one of us, or, or the average person rather, gets to influence the equivalent of a football stadium full of people. 
And I don't mean an indirect influence. I mean a direct influence on your life. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing. That's an average person. And that's a direct influence. When you think about the ripple effect, so you impact one person, and they go on and they impact some other people. Wow, I mean, I don't know what the number of that is, but it's kind of big. Now, let me ask another wee question. Is anyone here average? <laughs> Does anyone get average on their passport or their driving license? Or, or Mr. and Mrs. Average on your front door? <laughs> mm, no, I don't think so. When I look out here, I don't see average at all. <laughs> I see <laughs> a room filled with born-again, spirit-filled uh, Christians who have been trained and activated in the supernatural ways of heaven. I see people who have been trained how to heal the sick, how to raise the dead, and how to cleanse the lepers. I see people who know how to shift atmospheres and to release the kingdom of God through worship and intercession. And I see a bunch of folk who will intentionally go out into the marketplace to see the kingdom of God explode. No pressure. But I think your influence might be a little bit bigger than average. <laughs> Just let that sink in for a moment. So right now, we're in, in the midst of a powerhouse. Ha! Huh. The potential in this room to have an explosive supernatural impact on this nation is absolutely phenomenal. And if we can just grasp hold of, of who we really are and who our God really is and started living in that reality, our lives would never be the same again. So today's activation day. <laughs> it's the next stage in our transition to become the people that when we walk into a room, the demonic realm think, oh no, it's them. So, today, let's position ourselves for supernatural breakthrough. Step one is get a true revelation of your identity. In the story, Ellie thinks she's a possum and she lives up this tree. She's got a mistaken identity. She thinks she's a possum, so she lives like a possum. She behaves like a possum. It doesn't work out too good, but that's what she thinks. And when others see her, they think, she's crazy. Her tree doesn't go all the way to the top branch. You think she's a little bit loopy, not all there. Why? Because she was created to be one thing. And yet because of her belief system, she's living like something else. <laughs> and I'm sure sometimes when the angels look at us, they sometimes nod each other. Look, his tree doesn't go all the way to the top branch. Or, hey, check her out. She doesn't even have a top branch. Ha. <sighs> Don't put up your hands if you think that's <laughs> so So what changed Ellie? Yeah, just as we've heard, she got a revelation of her true identity, if you've seen the movie. And from that moment on, she started to realign her life to become the creature that she was created to be. Now, it's just a wee family movie, but it does teach us a really important principle. Um... The way we think impacts the way that we behave. And, and the Bible's full of people that had to go through that experience, um, who either succeeded or failed because of what they believed about their identity. 
If you think of the, the spies, they thought they were grasshoppers. And he said they looked the same uh, to them and it prevented them from walking into the destiny. And you can read about them in Numbers. Or Gideon, who was hiding in the wine press, and the angel comes along and calls him a great warrior. Hey, me? But when he gets, you know, he gets that revelation, he comes out and he starts to act and become the warrior he's meant to be. And even the story of David and Goliath, it hinged on identity as well. And we're going to unpack David and Goliath a little bit more, just for a moment or two. You can read about it in 1 Samuel 17. But when David enters that battle scene, he sees, first of all, two lines of opposing armies, all lined up. The Israelites on one side, the Philistines on the other. The fighting hasn't yet started. But you can see, you know, this potential for this incredible army. Fighting hasn't started, but every single day, the the champion of the Philistines, Goliath, gets up and he starts marching up and down. And he's shouting and he's snarling and he's challenging the Israelites. I defy you and I defy your God. Let's fight each other. And day after day, he releases this relentless torment of abuse, packed full of negativity fear, intimidation. And his words had a big impact on Israel. Because we read in, in verse 11, 1 Samuel 17, verse 11, it says, On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Yet these were God's people. They were famous. Because they served a God of miracles. They served a God of breakthrough. They served a God who delivered them in battle. And they'd seen the walls of Jericho fall down. They'd seen the sun and the moon stand still. And they'd even seen God release thunder to terrify their enemies. He hadn't just helped them in hand-to-hand combat. He'd he'd intervened supernaturally to bring victory for them. And so what caused them to forget who they were? (laughs) What happened? How did they lose sight of who their God was and who they were? How did they lose sight of the big picture of their destiny? Well, I believe it was because the negative words that were released over them eroded them of their sense of identity. And I I just sense that there's many people in here today that you've had negative words spoken over you. And it's stolen you of your perception of who you are. Your true perception in God of who you are, of your real identity. And some time ago, I came across the, the research findings of a guy called Dr. Maxwell Maltz. And um, he discovered that when someone loses a limb off their body, um, it can take 21 days for them to stop having what you call phantom sensations. So if you chop someone's arm off today, they can still think in the brain that that arm's there for another 21 days. Now, don't try that, please. But it's fascinating, isn't it? And if we build on that, Um, then then psychologists have discovered that if you want to change your lifestyle, if you want to get fit and and you want to change your habits, then you need to do something repeatedly over 21 days. And if you do that, you've got a much better chance of sticking to it, whether it's losing weight, getting fit, whatever, or even just dealing with some negative mindsets. The problem is, this whole principle of 21 days doesn't just apply to the negative stuff, or, or to the good stuff rather, it applies to the negative stuff as well. And do you know how long Saul and his army had been exposed to this negative rubbish from Goliath? Any ideas? 40 days. Someone said 40, I think. Yeah, 40 days. Some of us have been exposed to negative beliefs for 40 years. Some even older, (laughs) even more. 
me a question. If, if Goliath and the Philistines were so confident that they, they could take out the Israelites, why did they wait for 40 days? <laughs> yeah, because it's an effective enemy strategy. Let's kill their faith first and then come in. Let's destroy their identity first and then they'll be weak. Huh. But when David comes on the scene, he's missed out on all that negative stuff. In fact, he comes straight from his dad's home. There's a whole other message in that. But David's head isn't full of the negative stuff. David's head is full of God's promises. David's still remembering he serves a supernatural God of breakthrough. And when he goes on that battle scene, he thinks, what? What? Are you kidding? Ha, no competition. Big G, you're going down. And the rest is history. Gets his stone, takes him out. And, and today, um, a sense of people that have lost sight of who you are in God. And some of that's come from your own experiences, your own, you know, the things you've been saying over yourself. Some of it's happened because other people have labeled you. Other people have decided or spoken negative words over you and your circumstances. And so it would be good to spend a moment or two today reminding ourselves of who God says we are. There are two keys today that I want to give you. One of them is to um, define yourself by what God says about you and your circumstance. And the second key is to get a nose massage. I know that sounds a bit crazy, but bear with me. Let's do number one. You can all sit there thinking, who is this woman? Right. So, number one, what does God say about me and my circumstance? Well, repeat after me. I am completely loved and accepted by him. He thinks I'm amazing. I am amazing. God's on my side, therefore I cannot be defeated. He has amazing plans for my life. I have the weight and the authority of heaven behind me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My prayers are powerful and effective. God moves powerfully through my life. He's handpicked me to bear much fruit for his kingdom. My God's a God who makes a way where there is no way. He's a God of supernatural breakthrough. The harder it is, the better it is. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. My legacy will be one of oh, sorry. My legacy will be one of love, signs, wonders, and miracles. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to give you some homework. If any of these resonated with your spirit, grasp hold of it. Speak it over your life and your circumstance for at least 21 days and then enjoy the incredible, phenomenal breakthrough that God brings. And if you want to see what this list is, you can come and see my scribbles later. Okay, so that's key one. What about the second? (laughs) 
Anyone here called to the ministry of nose massage? <laughs> Anyone ever had one? Okay, I guess most of you are familiar with Psalm 23. Yeah, it's called the Shepherd's Psalm. And it was written by David, and he was a shepherd way before he was a king. Um, and it says in verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. One of the biggest problems um, that sheep have, particularly or had in, in biblical days, uh, was with insects. With flies, mosquitoes, and, and gnats, particularly in, in warm climates, you know, like Israel. And there's a particular type of fly called the nose fly or the nasal fly, which will buzz around a sheep's head and try to deposit eggs on their damp noses. And if it's successful, the eggs hatch um, and these little larvae come out and they crawl up the sheep's nose and they cause all sorts of problems, aggravation. So if the sheep have a good shepherd, um, then at the beginning of that season, they mix up this oil concoction. And it's a mixture of olive oil, sulfur and spices. And they give their sheep a nose massage. And that nose massage not only destroys the eggs, but it kills any larvae and it it stops any new flies from coming and depositing eggs on their nose. Now we know that in scripture, oil is often symbolic of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And so one of the ways to prevent the lies of the enemy from taking root or to actually kill off some of the lies that might have already taken root is to spend time in his presence. Scripture also tells us that our minds get renewed by the word of God, but when you take the two of them together, the word and the spirit, and when we choose to linger in his presence and spend time meditating on his word, then the demonic influence over our mind gets absolutely annihilated, and we get a much clearer idea of who we are and what God's called us to do. So who wants a nose massage? (laughs) And just returning to the story of David and Goliath for a moment, where did David get his stone from? The river. Yeah. (laughs) Symbolic of the Holy Spirit again. So in contrast, Saul tries to give David his armor because Saul's mindset, help comes from man. David, he goes to the river. Why? Help comes from God. You need a strategic breakthrough? Get in the river. Do you need a creative breakthrough? Get in the river. <laughs> Do you need a breakthrough at all? <laughs> What's the answer? <laughs> Get in the river. Okay. And as you spend time in his river, he will give you creative solutions to your problems. It will absolutely blow your mind. Incredible. So if we want to position ourselves for supernatural breakthrough, it's important to speak truthful declarations over our lives on a regular basis and to deliberately linger in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let him give you a nose massage. And there's a third very quick key I want to give you. This week, I spent some time looking at the recorded miracles in the Gospels and in the Book of Acts. And I came across 65 of them. Now, I'm going to unpack each one. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. But I didn't just look at the miracles themselves. I looked at the catalyst behind them. And it was fascinating because on 20% or 23% of those, those occasions, 
um, the miracles were sovereign acts of God. God just decided, bang, I'm going to break through here. And one of them was when he opened up the prison doors and he let uh, Peter get free and whatever. Um, But 77% of these recorded miracles happened because someone chose to partner with the Holy Spirit and create the conditions for a miracle. Can I say that again? (laughs) Can you feel your pulse? (laughs) 77% of the recorded miracles in the Gospels and in the book of Acts happened because people were willing to position themselves and help create the conditions for a miracle. Wow. Awesome. Peter and John, for example, they, they walked up, remember the, the cripple at the gate asking for money? Don't have any money, but in Jesus' name, stand up and walk. Now, what, what would have happened if he couldn't have done it? They'd have looked like Egypts, wouldn't they? Yeah. But they were willing to help create the conditions for a miracle, and God came through for them. Now and again, God might just choose to intervene supernaturally, and he does. But over 70-odd percent of the time, he expects us to take that risk, to partner with him, and to create that condition for a miracle. Now, that doesn't mean you you just make it up, (laughs) and you go along trying to tell God what to do, because the key in all of it is intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So when you see someone or you see a situation, quickly ask God, what's your heart for that person? Then step out and act on it. Okay? Cool. I think time is gone. So how can we um, position ourselves for supernatural breakthrough? Well, number one, get a revelation of who you are in God. Number two, keep getting filled with the Spirit. Linger in his presence. Get a nose massage. And number three, take risks and create the opportunities for a miracle. And I'm just going to end with a little quote from Bill Johnson. And he says, my personal routine looks like this. I cry out to God in private, and then I take risks in public. And when the breakthrough I long for isn't happening, I go back into the secret place. It truly is the ongoing encounter with the presence that enables us to live like Jesus lived. So today... There are people that have had rubbish spoken over you. And that's limited who you think you are. It's affected your identity. There are people who just have wrong mindsets of who you are. And God wants to heal that. And there are people that that want to get a Holy Spirit nose massage. And, And God wants to give you one today. And there are those that want just a prayer for boldness, for that impartation to step out and help create the conditions for a miracle.